on BYUSN, conference realignment on the cusp of something big. For the Big 12, maybe the Big 10, and for college football in the West. How many teams will the Big 12 add? And what of Oregon and Washington? Plus, new BYU running back Deion Smith gives us another look inside the step show and BYU's running back room. Plus, did BYU make ESPN's top 10 quarterback unit rankings since 1998? And our chat with Neil Brown of West Virginia from Big 12 Football Media Day. Welcome to BYU Sports Station on a fabulous Thursday. Presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is August 3rd. I am Spencer Linton. He is pumped that any football game is back. Jerem Jordan. How much uh, Jets-Browns are you going to watch tonight? Because Zach Wilson, uh, by the way, happy birthday to Zach, 24 years old today. He's so young <laughs> still uh, getting the start tonight. How much of that game are you going to watch? I'm going to watch certainly the first half because that's where Zach is going to get the majority of his snaps. So probably the first half. I imagine he'll, yeah. he'll probably give way to a third or fourth string quarterback once the second half starts. But, yeah, absolutely, the first half. What do you mean? Zach's the starter. Maybe a second string? <laughs> um, yeah, probably every Zach play. Yeah, I'll record and watch every Zach thing because this, this might be the – you know, the most Zach we see? Yes, it might be the most he plays in any individual game this year. The Jets certainly hope so. Yeah. Right? When you get to the regular season, like, they hope they're not seeing a lot of Zach Wilson. We hope we see Zach. Yes, yes. But I'm, I'm okay with him just hanging out and watching Aaron Rodgers do his thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it for now. Let him just kind of acclimate. But, yeah, for sure, it's good to have football back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that'll be great. In, in any form. It's a reason to rise and shout, right? It is. Let's get to what's trending. Presented by Feast Box. Presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. The conference realignment madness continues. Yesterday, Yahoo Sports' Dan Wetzel first reported that, quote, a group of Big Ten presidents have begun exploratory discussions on expansion in light of Pac-12 uncertainty. Wetzel continued that the focus is on possibly adding Oregon and Washington to move to 18 members or Cal and Stanford to reach 20. He added that discussions are in very early stages, no decision on expanding at all has been made or is imminent, and that the Big Ten may choose to wait and see what happens with other Pac-12 members, notably Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, and the Big 12 Conference before deciding whether to expand or not. Whoa. Meanwhile, Florida State is now looking at potential options to leave the ACC. That contract for the ACC teams is miserable. 2036. Miserable. Florida State President Rick McCullough said, quote, our goal would be to stay in the ACC. But staying in the ACC under the current situation is hard for us to figure out how we remain competitive unless there were a major change in the revenue distribution within the conference. This was first reported by Fox Sports' Brian Fisher. Our friend Stuart Mandel, who has been on the program several times, summed all of this information up very well when he tweeted, the Pac-12 is teetering. The Big Ten is now looking at Oregon and Washington. Florida State is threatening to leave the ACC. We may be on the brink of transformative realignment. It also may end with just Colorado and one more school joining the Big 12. Okay, Jerem, we're not done yet. <laughs> 
it was a busy day. Yes, it was. The Arizona busy Board morning. Of, oh, my goodness, for sure. Arizona Board of Regents has again scheduled another meeting for this afternoon. And we believe they're on the brink of, you know, starting this transformative, to use a Stuart Mandel word, realignment within collegiate sports. So uh, in your opinion, when you look at all of the potential moving parts and dominoes that could fall that maybe is started by just the University of Arizona, we'll see. What's the minimum and maximum that could realistically happen in this potential wave of conference realignment? Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be just Arizona based on multiple reports. Uh, the, the, the Board of Regents or the state wants the two to go together. So I wonder if one could go or if it's going to be with Utah, if Utah wants to go more on that in a moment. The minimum is that, uh, you know, no one moves, right? feels like, oh, nope, we're all going to stay Pac-12, we're good, and no one makes a move. Everyone just points at each other and waits for someone to move and no one moves. So you don't think that, I mean, even there's a, a chance even that a G5 no comes anything. in, UConn comes in as the 14th in the Big 12? There's a chance no, nothing happens. Okay. Sure. Um, but there's also a... I'm, like, when I say a chance, I would say that's not the most likely thing, right? The most likely thing is there's a 14th team in the yes. Big 12. Yes, Or even 16. Like, the Big 12 is the first move. I don't feel like the Big 10 or even the ACC is going to do anything until the Big 12 does. The Pac-12 is sort of the Jenga set that one you pull one out and it, it falls down, and now all these pieces get distributed to various leagues. Mountain West, Big 10, and Big 12, of course, and otherwise. We'll see what happens there, but it is interesting to see that, like, yeah, the Big Ten this morning, this just came out from Pete Thamel like 14 minutes ago. They Big Ten presidents met this morning. They've authorized the commissioner to explore expansion, more information on Oregon and Washington. So they're taking another step that direction. The idea of Oregon and Washington in the Big 12 feels maybe less and less. Like, if the Big Ten is serious about Oregon and Washington, go ahead and just invite them. But they're not going to get 70 mil a year. Maybe they come in at discounted. I don't know. The maximum is Big 12 completely dissolves. Some go to the Big 12. Oh, the Pac-12 completely Sorry, the dissolves. Sorry, the Pac-12. Not the Big 12. It's, it's just fine. The, the Pac-12 dissolves. Some, you know, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal to go to the Big 10, and the corner three go to the Big 12. The rest go to Mountain West Plus. The ACC has some of its partners go elsewhere. Well, I don't know what that looks like. Like, would the SEC ever add Florida State and Clemson like they seem to have wanted for a while? They don't need them, but... The max is we're just down to three leagues. We're just, like the ACC dissolves and gets spread to. That feels like World War III of college football. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's crazy right now. We've seen various ebbs and flows of realignment, but this feels serious. John Wilner, to the point that this morning, John Wilner, Pac-12 apologist, Drama. San Jose uh, Mercury News, said, <laughs> quote, I expect the future of the Pac-12 to be determined in the next 24 to 36 hours. Sure. Arizona's Board of Regents meeting tonight is to discuss possible legal advice and discuss re discussion regarding university athletics. It is about this. So I, I wonder if uh, there will be authorization to perhaps apply for Big 12 inclusion. Will there be a meeting tonight that includes Shane Reese of BYU and the Big 12 presidents and chancellors to talk about Arizona and Arizona State once they apply? Is that tomorrow? Is that like Colorado happened quick, right? Th this feels so fast. Um, and it's crazy, and it's so nice to just be in a Power 5 league, yep. comfortable, and know that BYU's future, future is secure. Regarding Utah, which is always interesting to this audience, Jason Shear, uh, who's in Arizona, a writer, said uh, in an article last night, 
Utah has been the most stubborn of the three schools throughout the process, and should things break apart, it would likely be at Utah's feet. Okay. The fans have played a large role in that, as Athletic Director Mark Harlan knows how Utah fans view the Pac-12 compared to the Big 12, especially considering the presence of BYU. Harlan was not lying when he pledged his loyalty to the Pac-12. However, the situation has become difficult to survive. Yes. No duh. And Harlan knows that the future of the athletic department is at stake. Although he was hesitant at first, sources indicate that Utah has done a 180 in the last 24 hours and has become confident in its next step. Well, yeah, they've done a 180. Of course they have. The what Pac-12 is, what is, is going away. Step? What is that next step? Is it to the Big 12? I don't know how adamant Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark is on getting to 16 right now. I wonder if he's just okay at 14. And it, then like, he's like, eh, we'll take a breath for a minute. Contractually, they can only pay a full 31.7 mil to a 14th team. On Fox. ESPN. Yeah, ESPN said they'd go to 16, but Fox is like, we're, Fox at, we're at 14. Up to 14. Would Fox change their stance and positioning and modify the contract to allow two more teams to come in to reach 16. I don't know. I mean, everything can be negotiated. Fox can say, you know what, we're just not in a position to do that right now. So Then you don't go to 14 because then everyone makes less if you're going to go full distribution. You don't go to 16 or you don't go to 14? Don't go to 16. Yeah, you don't like, go to 16. Like 14, yes, period. But that, that's you're why good. I, I'm thinking like, yeah, well, 14 has been the number because he knows in contract, in writing, it's already determined. You get to 14, the money stays the same, and 14 is a stronger number. And that's why he said earlier this week, we've got room for one more who wants to be a part of the Big 12. And so there's this battle that now ensues between the remaining teams like, oh, well, maybe we should get ahead of the curve, and maybe that's Arizona. But because things have transpired, in your words, so quickly, it's so fast, so quickly, yeah. do they? does Brett Yormark change his position now and say, okay, Arizona State and Utah, we're going to go to 16, but maybe – because it's so last minute, you don't get a full share right away because we don't have it in contract yet. we got to work through that with ESPN and Fox. So maybe that cuts the 15th and 16th teams and their revenue distribution until they can get that worked out. Well, do they, I mean, do they want to come in if that's the case? I don't know. Is that a better situation than the Pac-12? Yes. I, I would say yes. A million percent. Is any situation better than the Pac-12? Right now, Among it feels power like Among five it. leagues? Yeah, yeah, there's no situation. That's so I had this thought last night. UCF needs a travel partner. Of a team to hang out with in Florida. Why, like Florida State to the Big Ten is like, oh, to the Big Ten, to the Big Ten. Why couldn't the Big 12 get involved in the potential courting of Florida State? Does Florida State's program feel like it's bigger than that? I get the sense they feel like They feel like they're bigger than the ACC agreement through 2036, that's for sure. Well, I mean, even NC State's uh, upset with that, and they don't have the history of Florida State, right? Florida State the last couple of years has not been a big dog. When Florida State says we're going to fall behind, we're not to be competitive. They are in SEC country. They are talking, competing for national titles. They are not in the same sort of place as BYU where we're, like, stoked to be in a Power Five. They're like, no, 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 we need to be in the 50 to 70 million range like some of the top dogs. Like, why is Rutgers going to get 70 million a year and we aren't? If I'm Florida State, I, I get it. That's a great if question. If I'm Clemson, I get it. And to answer the question, the minimum I feel at this point, the minimum because of everything that has been stated by Brett Yormark and the Big 12, is that the Big 12 will get to 14 teams. Like, there's going to be at least one more team somewhere across the landscape of college sports, whether it's from the Pac-12 or a group of five team, that joins the Big 12 in the next month. Like, that's going to happen. They're going to be at 14 teams 
by the time we hit mid-September. How disappointing would it be, given all of this, if it wasn't a Pac-12 team? If it was UConn? It'd be like, what? That's the 14th team after yeah. all of this? Yeah. Because if the Arizona schools actually stay together and they don't go to 16 in the Big 12, that means they aren't coming. So here's the conundrum and the drama for a BYU fan. Yeah, how does it work? Is most BYU fans, from what I've gathered on X, on Twitter, on Instagram, in conversations that have been had with me directly over text message, they don't want you. To. They want Arizona, and they want it to stop after Arizona. They don't want Arizona State and Arizona because they know that the cards played there mean well if they get to 15 they're probably going to bring Utah too. If Arizona and Arizona State come as a package deal, then that most likely like means that Utah is going to be the 16th team. So they don't want both Arizona schools. They want Arizona and then for your mark to say, yeah, we're good at 14. Figure it out. Uh, that, that scenario actually brings a smile to my face. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm like split on this of like, do I want Utah in the league or not? It's like, absolutely. Like, I want to play in everything. I want to play Utah in everything. I love that. But the petty and vindictiveness of Utah leaving and viewing, not getting that in the last 12 years, certainly is a strong emotion for a lot of people, including myself, yeah. of, well, how about you be on the outside yeah. and we'll be on the inside uh, for a while. But listen, no, Utah's too good of a program uh, in overall athletics and football to not be interesting here. Now, what? but what is happening is we've heard from some outsider Utah fans of like, no, like the SEC, Big Ten, they want Utah. No, they do not. Like, it's it's Big 12 right now for the Utah, the next step. I or, have or not no, seen Utah one time discussed in any official they're, Big Ten report that listen, says they're, they want Utah. You got bigger trousers now, but you're a little too big for your britches, okay? Um, Utah's uh, been uh, tremendous, but they're not going to be invited to the SEC or Big Ten at this point. So, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the Big Ten getting in on the Does United. the Big 12 right now need Arizona State and Utah? Do they need those schools to feel some measure of uh, more, like, stability and to feel better and, and stronger because there are 16 teams? Like, does the Big 12 need those teams or could they stop at 14 no. and it would be the same? Stable as is, adding Colorado and, say, Arizona certainly adds. But it's more of picking at uh, a, a potential conference that previously was a threat. And even the Big 12 and Pac-12, remember, had conversations about perhaps joining together. And it was like the Pac-12 said yeah. no. Yeah. And, and then the Pac-12 came back to the Big 12 later and was like, hey, let's chat hey, the Big 12. Guys. It was, quote, a short conversation. Where the Big 12's like, nah, we're good now. We're stable. You're not. Like, the, 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 we're playing risk here, and the Pac-12 is getting, uh, you know, Kamchatka is coming through Alaska yep. uh, with the Big 10, but also it's South America with the Big 12. Like, they, they are being attacked on multiple sides at this point, which is new. That didn't happen until yesterday. Yeah. The Oregon-Washington thing has sort of ch created an increased sense of For urgency sure. in this conversation of, well, if Oregon and Washington go, you're really toast. But it wasn't just the three corners. It, it, I love risk, and the, the, it, it is trouble for North America, the Pac-12 sitting there. Yes. Right now. The Big Ten. Did you play risk growing up? I did. I love it. So good. It takes forever. Access and allies. It takes way too long. Okay, so the Big Ten has been very public about not wanting to poach from another conference. Uh, you already did with USC and UCLA. <laughs> Which so is so funny. Like, crap. well, we don't want to poach you, from another conference. You literally changed everybody. USC and UCLA 
ruined this whole. They started this Texas whole thing for the Oklahoma, Pac-12. Texas and Oklahoma kind of began some dominoes here. Yeah. So if they don't want to poach, then they are waiting to see what happens with Arizona. But if if it's just Arizona, like if it's just Arizona, then does or then do Oregon and Washington leave for the Big Ten? Like, or does the Big I, Ten view that as like, okay, it's just one team? Well, I eh. think Oregon and Washington in the long term want to be in the Big Ten more than they want to stay in the Pac-12. Well, right now, how like, can you blame them? Yes, that makes sense to me. Because but, what, what, they're going to add what San Diego State and SMU, and then. They're going to be okay, meaning, Maybe. meaning we have a league, add, we have a TV deal. It's the worst one. We're the worst Power Five, but at least we exist. Man, I'm telling you right now, like if That's I'm George Klavkov and it's just Arizona or whatever, even if, even if Oregon and Washington and Arizona leave and now you're at like, what, six teams? I am like, go get UNLV, Gonzaga, come to play. Be, you need be, a football team. Like, and then go get SMU, San Diego, San Diego State, and SMU. It's like, okay, like figure it out. You are Mountain West Plus now. It's fine, but they stay alive. The, the Pac-12 conference stays alive. You may not have an you might not auto be a, bid to yes, the 12-team But you're now. still a conference. Like the Pac-12 if, remains. If that's your end game, sure. But it's not going to be a power league anymore. We will create another nickname. It'll be the P4. What's better? What's better? Is it that the league goes away altogether or that they just survive and, and are not a power five league anymore? I don't care about the league's interests, honestly. <laughs> like, I care about the I know you don't interest. care. I'm just saying what is better? Like, what, is, what is better than – is it better to just ultimately dissolve and go away? Yeah, for, for just sports fans and in general. College and, football, I think that they exist. Yeah. In some form, right? Yes. yes. In some, even if it's Mountain West Plus, I feel like the Pac-12 remaining and surviving in some form is better than not having any specific West Coast conference yes. of college football. Yes, it'll just football. be another Mountain West. You'll just have two uh, G5 leagues, essentially. <sighs> wow. What, it, a, what an amazing time. There won't be power in that league. It'll just be a league. It won't be a, a P4. This is crazy. It won't be a P5. It is absolutely bonkers. And how fun is it to just be in a secure position? And watch everyone else's drama. Ha, yeah. Ha. <laughs> like, ha. Like, we, like two years ago, we would have been begging to be included here. Please invite us to the back club. That's what we'd be saying right now. Like, please. Brett, Brett Yormark has, again, he, he has, like, thrown out this line of, there's one more spot. All right. And he's, he, he's he broke put the all pool these. Cue. He's the yes, joker and he broke the pool. The gladiators are in the Coliseum. <laughs> and he's like, last all man right. standing Here we gets go. to be in the Big 12. <laughs> Desert Swarm showing up. Come on. Our question of the wow. day. What does the ideal Big 12 look like in 2024? And we need to reference 2024 specifically because you should all know this is still a year away. This all these moves is all for next year. Yep. Okay? Including Colorado. Because the Pac-12 TV deal is up after this yes. year. That's why. All blue underscore 12 on X says. Oh, we're going there now. I don't know. We didn't even finish the week. I don't know. On, on Twitter X. Can we just call it Twitter, Twitter X? Twitter X? I'm calling it Twitter X. Calling it Twitter X. Squitter. Squitter. All Blue 12 on Twitter X says stick with Colorado and only add Arizona. Okay. And this is, I feel like this is most BYU fans. Don't add any more Pac-8 teams until we see what happens with the ACC. I don't, I don't know what they're actually going to do with the ACC. They have no leverage. They have, to, they have to massive buyouts. Yeah. Like 2036. What's their buyout? Like, I've heard like 100 mil. I don't know what it is. That's not. But I get it. You take a, stop at 14 and then just kind of see what else happens over the next few years. Like, again, the yeah. Big 12 doesn't have to get to 16 right now. It's not like 
They're in a massive leverage point. They don't need to make a move. Arizona State and Utah didn't want the Big 12 until they were desperate now for the Big 12. Yes, until they Ari- saw the Apple TV yes. Plus thing, and they're like, oh, crap. Arizona has been in contact and conversations before. Like Brett Yormark has said, we want teams and programs that want us. And he said on this program before BYU Football Media or uh, Big 12 Football Media Day, 14 is a good number. So has his stance changed at all? Like he wants teams that are bought in and have been bought in and like the ideals and not just like, oh, well, we're desperate. Oh, we've changed our mind. We've changed our mind. That would be the Utah Utah. Yes, it would be Arizona State too. That would be Arizona State as well. I, I, I am so fascinated by all of this. You think Brett Yormark's just like sitting at his desk? Yes. Legs up, just like, Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. In his custom oh. New York suit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag BYSN Twitter, uh, X, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, by the way, there's football being played. Uh, After Further Review is going to do its Big 12 preview show coming up next Tuesday night, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Of course, you can catch the first two, the Dangerous Duo and the All Touchdown show from BYU in the first two episodes on the app as well. Coming up. We go back to BYU football practice, training camp for a one-on-one conversation with the most important Dion from Colorado, because he's BYU's Dion. This is BYU Sports Nation. Running back, y'all. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. explain the BYU running backs room right now? This is probably the deepest room BYU's ever seen. Oh, uh, yes. Aiden Robbins. He likes the depth in that BYU running backs room. The Step Show. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. That was a fun conversation in the opening block, wasn't it? It, it was fun, and it's just a ho-hum, boring August 3rd. <laughs> like, nothing's going on. Just talking fall camp. No, no one's stirring the pot nationally. This is awesome, man. This 20- is what we want from August. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. 24 to 36 hours, in the words of Pac-12 apologist John, John Wilner. Yeah. To determine the fate and future of the Pac-12 conference. Like Avengers Infinity War Holy for the league right cow. now? Jeez. You know who was ahead of the curve in all of this, Jerem? Hmm. Deion Smith. He knew. He knew. He, he felt a twinge of something where he's like, I need to go. I need to get out of the Pac-12. I need to get to the Big 12. I need to get to the Big 12 and BYU. He left the University of a Colorado. A forerunner in Elias, if you yes. will. <laughs> yes. He left Colorado. He's now with BYU and essentially settles into that number two spot behind Aiden Robbins. Recently, I spoke with him at BYU training camp to get his thoughts on the early days of practice and how he's acclimated in Provo. One-on-one with Dion Smith. All right, Dion, let's start with what your buddy Aiden Robbins just told me, that the running backs room already has a nickname. You're calling yourselves the Step Show. How do you feel about the self-named Step Show running backs room? I love it. And, you know, just with the amount of bodies we have and everybody that's coming to Step, we can have a drill team. So (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Are are we going to see some... uh, Perhaps social media videos, the step crew, or step show? You might. You might see a little something here and there. (laughs) I love that. 
Um, I also asked Aiden just about the emotions of day one of fall camp, but not just any training camp. This is your first at BYU. What makes this one different for you? Um, it feels special. You know, um, I'm surrounded by great people, great teammates, great coaches. Um, honestly, I haven't been here longer than three months, but it already feels like family. So I'm excited to start this new journey and this new adventure. And I, I couldn't ask to be at a better place surrounded by better people. Why is it, do you feel like, in just three months that it, it feels so natural and like a family already? Uh, you know, a, a lot of different reasons. But for the first, my first time coming to Provo and being here around the team, you know, immediately you can get a lot of... You join a new team, you might not make a lot of friends the first day. But the more and more you be around people, you might come accustomed to who everyone is. However, for me, my first day, I feel like I was overwhelmed with welcome because everybody was stopping and talking to me. Hey, what's up? Da -da. And the first week I started workouts, we actually went on a retreat as an offense. And we spent a lot of the good time together, quality time, did some silly stuff like talent shows and stuff. So we got, I feel like I got comfortable with the guys very quickly. And you know, I, I couldn't ask for anything better. Aiden Robbins uh, has said very similar things, but and he just commented on your skill set. I want you to explain what Aiden Robbins is like as a runner from your perspective. Um, I feel like he's powerful. Um, you know, he, he he's going to make sure he he runs with a lot of authority, a lot of power, and honestly, I feel like he. He's a beast to get tackled, you know. I, I, anybody who decides they have to put, bring him to the ground, they better bring some friends with him. <laughs> so. And what about you? How would you explain yourself as a runner to those that have not watched Deion Smith play? Yes, sir, I feel like I, I bring a little bit of uniqueness to the room. Um, I feel like I have a lot of different skill sets. I'm able to be used in a pass game. I'm good in space, my speed, being able to make guys miss and win my one-on-one -on -one battles. So. For me, I feel like my uniqueness comes from just the versatility and being able to be plugged in at any point. So, What's the most important part, especially about these first few days of a training camp? Honestly, the, the, the best part about the first few days of training camp is the energy. The energy is through the roof. Once we get to day seven and day eight, you start to see some anvils out here, you know. But, you know, I, I like the first few days just because it, it kind of sets the, the tempo and it sets the standard almost. So whenever you have those day fours and day fives, day sixes that aren't as up to par as day one, it, you have an accurate measuring stick to compare to. So I, I like the first few days just because of the energy, the, the standard, and everything that was just brought out here because everybody's excited to play football again. What is the key to getting things rolling when you hit that little bit of a wall or an anvil on day seven or day eight? Honestly, it's mentally, you know, figuring out your why, your purpose, and just being selfless. I feel like it's easier to do things for those around you than like versus yourself sometimes because sometimes we lack that motivation. But if you look beside you and you see that you have a brother working just as hard as you, it kind of makes you like, okay, let me bring it and let me bring it together because if he can do it, I can do it as well. Deion Smith is with us on BYU Sports Nation. What do you like most about this BYU offense? Wow, I feel like the creativity, um, the explosiveness, and, you know, I feel like it's just a tons of opportunities for each position receivers, tight ends, running backs, to do unique things. So I've never been a part of a such dynamic offense before, and I feel like it, I couldn't be more excited to start and be under this great offense. And there's a lot of things that I've even seen 
Pat Mahomes do that I've seen right here in my home practice. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited, and this offense is extremely dynamic and very explosive. Okay, now you've intrigued me. When you bring Patrick Mahomes into this, and by the way, we take on his alma mater on October 21st on BYU's homecoming, right? Okay. Now, there are roughly 30 days before BYU's first game against Sam Houston State. What do you think or where do you think BYU has to get better collectively the most to be ready for game number one? Um, honestly, I feel like we have to be consistent on offense. We have to get to the point to where we're consistently moving the ball down the field and scoring points. And on defense, we have to be consistently making stops, putting the ball back in the offense's hands to where we could be explosive and use that dynamic offense as our advantage. There's a consistency theme there, right? Now, that might be the phrase. Okay. Um, have you envisioned that first moment of Edwards Stadium running out? So like, many times. I live right here next to the stadium, so I pass by it every day, multiple times a day. So every time I pass by it, I'm just envisioning it being packed out, making my first play, getting my first touch, first touchdown in that stadium. And that's one thing I've heard about a lot is the atmosphere in that stadium is unreal. So I'm just I'm excited to just experience it, just to walk out the tunnel for the first time. <laughs> I know BYU fans are excited about that, too. Um, how is it to play against this BYU defense in practice? And I know you haven't really seen the full brunt of that in fall camp yet, but what's the biggest challenge of facing this BYU defense? Um, I feel like they do uh, – I watched a lot of tape from the spring. I feel like they do a, a very good job, especially this new defensive coordinator. I feel like they do a, a good job of hiding, you know, a lot their blitzes and coverages very well. Um, they're pretty stout up front. Linebackers flow pretty well. Um, I'm excited just to see, you know, what more this defense has to bring. You know, day one, I wasn't able to see a whole lot, but I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, and I feel like it's going to be a lot of give and take this month. Well, Deion, we're just glad that you were the first to set the tone for your former teammates and staff at Colorado and knowing that BYU and the Big 12 were the right place. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, here's a look at Deion Smith, and or just I should say you just had a look at Deion Smith. Comes to BYU, hopes of pushing his career and his numbers uh, to a new level. I mean, so he doesn't, he doesn't have gaudy numbers, Jerem, but the yards per carry in 2022, nice. 4.7, couple yeah, of touchdowns. Like he feels like he's going to have more opportunities to find himself in the end zone. And as Aiden Robbins told us yesterday, he's so good out of the backfield catching the ball. And he just brings that dynamic, that element. So it is a little bit of a Chris Brooks, Lopini Katoa, or Tyler mm -hmm. Algier, Lopini Katoa match. Yeah. It's very different back. Like Aiden Robbins, has BYU had an Aiden Robbins ever before? 6'3", 230 with speed. Like, he, he physically is unique in BYU history. Yeah, how, how fast was Harvey? Is. Harvey was a big back, but how fast was he? Yeah. Was no, he Aiden Robbins fast? Probably I, not. Harvey was awesome. Like, yeah, was Harvey, incredible. to me, is top three all-time in BYU history. Um, by the way, uh, Christian Capel, who covers Washington football. Uh, there we go. There is a Board of Regents meeting. Scheduled tonight at 9 p.m. for Washington. You have a Board of Regents meeting, and, and you, you have a Board have of a board Regents of Re meeting, and you have one. Where's the Utah Board of Regents meeting? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, people people talking about stuff. But, yeah, super, super stoked to see Aiden Robbins, Deion Smith. It would seem, based on experience and uh, being brought in to do this, that that might be the one-two punch for BYU running back. We'll see what Hinkley Ropazzi and Miles Davis, L.J. Martin, and others contribute and when and where. Um, ideally, L.J. Martin is a redshirt this year, and then you, you lose Deion Smith, and then maybe L.J. is competing for number two behind Aiden Robbins. If Aiden Robbins has a tremendous season, he could be one yeah. done to the NFL. That would be the best-case scenario for 
uh, BYU, I think, is that Aiden is so good he's gone after one year. We'll see. But we know this. We will see these guys running the rock in how many days? Countdown to the Bearcats. 30 days away. 30, okay, 30. Let's 30. Go. 30 Under days. a month. Yes. Under a month. Let's go. We have arrived. Hey, and this Saturday, we have a broadcast. Uh, it's the blue and white scrimmage for women's soccer on BYU TV. Once BYU starts the regular season, home games are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So enjoy this one on the BYU TV app. 7 Eastern. See one of the top teams in the country get after it in soccer. Up next, ESPN ranked the top 10 quarterback units in college football since 1998. In the last 25 years. Did BYU make the list? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Welcome back to Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Let's roll out today's headlines. Full camp practice three is this afternoon for the football team. Currently, the defense is in a meeting. The offense is lifting. Also, Tyler Batty named to the Werfel Award watch list, a trophy given to the FBS player who best combines exemplary community service with leadership achievement on and off the field, not to mention he is a good actor. Yeah, we saw say, underrated. Last week with us. Underrated in front of the camera. He's tremendous. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports reporting a group of Big Ten presidents have begun exploring discussions on expansion with the Pac-12 possibly adding Oregon and Washington and even Cal and Stanford. Florida State held a Board of Trustees meeting yesterday. Again, everybody's Board of Trustees. All hands Where's on deck. Oregon's? Where's Utah's? <laughs> Maybe it's just not reported yet, but Florida State met yesterday and discussed the possibility of leaving the ACC due to the current revenue distribution. I don't know how in the heck they get out of a contract that still has 11 years, wait, wait, 13 years remaining on it. 13 years. Mm -hmm. And the Arizona Board of Regents, who oversee both the University of Arizona and ASU, will meet again today to discuss assignments, that's the word, given to the university presidents and possible legal advice and discussion regarding university athletics. Happy birthday to Zach Wilson, who turns 24 today. He'll get the start for the New York Jets in the Hall of Fame game tonight, taking on the Cleveland Browns. By the way, Sione Takitaki still out and recovering from a torn ACL. Good luck to Siona in his recovery. BYU golfer Berlin Long qualified for the quarterfinals at the Utah Women's Amateur Championship after winning both match play rounds on Wednesday at Jeremy Ranch Golf and Country Club. Long will look to advance to the semifinals this afternoon. Plus, Tyson Shelley and Zach Jones qualified for the Corn Ferry Tours Utah Championship. The two joined former Cougar Carson Lundell who will and will tee off rather at Oak Ridge Country Club on Thursday. Good luck to all of the BYU golfers. Ashley Hatch of the Washington Spirit is the NWSL uh, League uh, Player of the Week and on the best 11 for the month of July. It's her uh, second, uh, is sec she's second in the NWSL with eight regular season goals and leads the Spirit with 10 goals and three assists in all competitions. All right, I'm gonna be rash here. Maybe if Ashley Hatch was on the field for Team USA, they'd okay. score a goal, I don't know. <laughs> Not over it. BYU men's basketball hires a new graduate assistant in Melvin Goins, former Tennessee player. The Cougars still looking to hire a third assistant coach and hire a director of operations after Bobby Hordusky left and a strength and conditioning coach after Eric Shork has uh, left the program as well. All have to happen this summer. And they're going uh, to Europe here in a couple of weeks. Dijon Lucas signs with the Bristol Flyers of the British Basketball League. Congrats. 
And BYU track and field signed Spencer Kirkham out of Corner Canyon High School. Kirkham was the Utah 6A state champ in the 300-meter hurdles and runner-up in the 110-meter hurdles. Those are today's headlines. Now we whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. ESPN released the top 10 position U ranking, saying QBU is Oklahoma, leaving BYU off its top 10 since 98. Boo! BYU deserved to be in the top 10. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Are you kidding me? I, th I think somewhere in the 8 to 10 range would have been okay. Yeah. Because you think about since 98, um, notable ones, Brandon Doman. John Beck. John Beck, Max Hall, Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall. I would, I would think somewhere in the 8 to 10 range. Yeah, I, I thought it's they would make the list. definitely not top five. No, no. But at the back at 10, end, maybe Sure, 10. put them at 10, put them at 9, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, speaking of Cougar quarterbacks, one of them, Zach Wilson, will start tonight in the annual Hall of Fame game as part of the NFL preseason. What would make tonight a successful outing for Zach on his birthday? No turnovers, good decisions, maybe one touchdown pass. I'd be fine with all those Yes. You don't have to blow the roof. Good decision making. If the theme can be good decision making for Zach Wilson, then it's been a successful outing. 100%. And finally, on Tuesday, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed an executive order. I don't even know if it's real, but it's funny. Uh, stating that all weddings that take place on a Saturday when college football games being played in the state are now illegal in Tennessee. <laughs> is this awesome? This is real love for college football. <laughs> I know that college football fans are stoked about it. because I agree with this premise. Like, why? Why do this when it, the state cares that much about it? Like, Because then you're going to have some friends in your circle if you schedule a wedding on a day that Tennessee plays that are like, what the heck, man? My sister got married the day that BYU played Baylor in 2011, that December, and Baylor was ranked like sixth coming in. We're taking pictures between the Salt Lake Temple and the church office building. It's like, one, two, three, cheese. And then I pull out my phone, I'm watching the game, and then they're like, one, two, three, and I lower it and smile. I, it, it was hard to manage. Obviously, her wedding was number one. But it would have been nice if it was a different day than that yes. game, and that wasn't now, even football. Now you don't have to worry about it in Tennessee if it's illegal. Yeah, I made sup such a huff that my brother-in-law hugged me in the ceiling room and said, and I was like, oh, I've said too much. That's my bad. <laughs> Coming up, West Virginia head football coach Neil Brown makes his case for why the Mountaineers will 100% not finish last in the Big 12 this season. This is BYU Sports Nation. That's for Arizona next year. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Broken tackle, touchdown, West Virginia. How about Garrett Green? He steps on the gas for another West Virginia touchdown. Sacked again. Morgantown awaits BYU on November 4th. Long trip for the Cougars to begin a very, very challenging November schedule. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. It's never easy to be picked to finish last. You know, I, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all do. Neil Brown and West Virginia were picked to finish 14th out of the 14 Big 12 football teams, and he didn't exactly take well to that notion. That is discussed in our two-on-one from Big 12 Media Days with the head football coach at West Virginia, Neil Brown. 
Coach, great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. And we'll start with what BYU fans need to know about the pending trip to Morgantown. What can they expect in one of the great college football game days, atmospheres and experiences? Yeah, first of all, get there early. Get there, <laughs> yeah, get there early. And, uh, no, it, it truly is. Uh, Morgantown is it's great in the fall. Um, our stadium will be rocking. Uh, our fans do an unbelievable job of supporting us. And I think you got to understand kind of the fabric. So there's no other place in the entire country where our entire state and is more entwined with the university and the football program. There's no other professional sports teams, no no professional sports teams in West Virginia. There's not another Power 5 school. And so the whole state is Mountaineers. And you sense that pride and you sense that passion in that stadium on the six, seven home games that we have every year. And so they'll have a great experience. Um, some of the best tailgating, some of the best food that you'll, that you'll have. So we're looking, we're looking forward to, to BYU and, and, and all the fans coming. Ooh, yeah. Is there, is there a go-to dish? Like, is there or an item, a tailgate item? So what's, what's, uh, really the West Virginia, uh, snack is pepperoni rolls. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Hey, so pepper- I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. Pepperoni rolls. It's, uh, it, they're unique and they have a great story. So, started in you know we're a state that a lot of uh, um, a lot of uh, people are, were coal miners. Uh, less so now, but um, several years ago, you know, and then when our state was really developing and and a lot of the growth and a lot of the wealth in the state really was established in coal mine. And what they did is they could they could take these pepperoni rolls down into the mine and and they would stay fresh and they could eat them. And now it's become really. Um, one of the things that makes West Virginia unique. And so you will, you definitely need to have a pepperoni roll when you come to Morgantown. Okay. And can you get them anywhere? Are they all over the place? Oh, they're all over the state, absolutely. Pepperoni rolls. Mm-hmm. I was out there with you as you addressed the Big 12 media a few moments ago, a media that picked you last in the league, and you weren't happy about it. Uh, talked about there's a chip on your shoulder now. It's bigger for the for the football team. A moment ago you talked about the pride of West Virginia, the fans, and the football program. How does that pride answer this preseason prognostication and it's just a poll but but it's something that's under your skin a little bit yeah well it is it's a this is a program in a state that has a lot of pride and we're the 15th winningest program of all time and we haven't had back-to-back losing seasons in in over 40 years and so it's a program that it expects success uh, we've got a, a lot of reasons to be um really have a positive outlook on the season you know and i said that out out front and, and i mean that is you know, we have an offensive line that started 132 football games. Yeah. You know, if that's not that's if that's not the most in the country, it's close. Yeah. And there's NFL players on that. There's guys that are all conference players on that offensive line. We have a running back in C.J. Donaldson that I think is going to be a bona fide star, and we've got a deep running back room. We went out and got a, a great pass receiving tight end uh, from LSU. Defensively, we've got an all-league player at each level, and we've went out and added some pieces through the portal, some guys that have experience that were all-league at the group of five level that have came in, and they're going to compete. And then the natural progression of guys within your program is going to take place where guys just get better. You know, we played our best football at the end of the year last year, and that's going to spill over. We play a really challenging schedule, um, but it's a schedule that's really going to harden us when we get into the meat of our Big 12 schedule. Head coach Neil Brown of West Virginia is on BYU Sports Nation. 
you made some great points out there. I thought it was uh, particularly apt of you to bring up that these preseason polls haven't exactly been accurate yeah. the past few yeah. years. If you go back two years, eighth, eighth place Baylor in those preseason polls, they win the conference. Last year, it's, TC was picked to finish seventh. They played in the national championship game. So it is a funny dynamic, but. When you pick to finish last, how much do you really need to say to your players? Because I imagine they're just they're just bugged by nature without you having to say anything. Well, the the thing that I thought it was really important is you meet it head on, and and you tell them why that's not true. And and I do think there's a bit of lazy reporting because if I was to take a poll out there, you know, very few of the people that were in the media that voted in there could tell us that we had that many returning starters on the offensive line. And you'll get you guys are going to understand this a little bit. We've been the easternmost team in this league for a long time. And we're a long way from Texas, and most of the media that's voting on that is right here in Texas. Right. So there's less familiarity with our program than a lot of the teams that, that they're voting on. And so you've got to take that with a grain of salt. But then my message to our team was, listen, I believe in myself, I believe in our staff, and most importantly, I believe in the players in, in, on our football team and, and our growth and development. And so it's important for them to hear that as much as our fans. Defensively, you look at – cutting back on explosive plays and uh, and creating more turnovers. That's kind of the, the battle cry that you had for the media today. Those two areas are game changers for the Mountaineers, you think? They have to be. You know, if you look back last year, we've been here four years, going into year five. For our first three years, we played quality defense. Um, played great defense in 20, but the other two years we played really quality defense. And then last year we had a, a steep decline, and we lost some players through the portal uh, the previous spring. And we didn't do a very good job of filling our needs. And I think sometimes when you're not your talent, not as talented as you needed to be, you try to overcome that with scheme. And then what happened was we were too complex and our guys weren't playing fast yeah. and we weren't good enough. You know, So really kind of a going back to basics. And when we went back to basics, we simplified everything that we're doing. And we really want our guys to get lined up, play with extreme effort, and then be super physical. And in doing that, the things that we've really put an emphasis on is, man, we've got to keep the ball in front of us in the secondary, and we've got to create takeaways. Now, this is a team. And, you know, again, I this maybe this is just a statement of how good the conference is and how balanced it is, but you beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, win two of your final three. You give TCU all they can handle, and that's a team that plays in the national championship game. So when Brett Yormark, the commissioner, says he believes this is the deepest conference in America – are you buying into that based on what I just brought up? Well, I've lived it, you know, so this is going to be our fifth year as a head coach in this league. I was offensive coordinator for three previous years at Texas Tech, so I've lived this league. And when you talk about Power 5 football, and there's one other league in that you can make an argument that from at the top has been really, really strong. And I think if you look at national championships, you can see that the top two to three teams in that league have really set themselves apart. Um, but if you're looking at the whole of the league from top to bottom, I, I would strongly argue that the bottom of our league is significantly um, better than the other Power Five leagues. This is a league that, and you guys will see this as you get into it, is you're going to have the opportunity to win every game, but you also have the opportunity to lose every game. <laughs> and so um, a it's a challenge week in and out. Yeah. Well, the good news is uh, you get a chance right out of the gate to send a message to the rest of the league. You get Penn State primetime on NBC to kick things off. Yeah, uh, they're going to be a top-ten team. Um, they they have their highest preseason ranking in a long time. 
James Franklin, have a lot of respect for. They return a lot of talent off a of Rose Bowl champion team. Uh, it's a night game in Happy Valley, so it's uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's a challenge, but it's a it's an opportunity. Then we follow that up in two weeks, and we play our biggest rival, which is Pitt, and we're able to host that game. So Good. the front part of our schedule is extremely challenging. Coach, we appreciate the time that you spent with us from prognostications to pepperoni rolls. Pepperoni I think rolls. I think we've covered as much as we can in a few minutes here. Uh, thanks for being so gracious with your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Welcome to the league. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Neil Brown, again, understandably bothered that his team, after beating Oklahoma yeah. State and Oklahoma late in the season, are picked to finish last, especially with the four newcomers. I Someone think that has to be fin- picked to finish last. Yes, true. But I think that's why he, f- he is probably bugged even more. Is like, why aren't one of, why is, why aren't one of the newcomers to the bottom team? Yeah, and listen, there's a lot of pressure on him. If he doesn't deliver this year, he's probably out at West Virginia. That, that, he has one of the hottest yeah. seats in yes. the country. Um, he's a good coach. Let's see if they can turn around. He's right, though. Zach Frazier, one of their guards, he is a legit All-American, like awesome offensive lineman. They return a lot there. They don't know who the quarterback is quite yet. We'll see um, what happens. Garrett Green started at the end of the year, had a couple of good games. Yeah. They got a freshman they really like, uh, Nico Martial. He's awesome. So we'll see what happens with West Virginia. Tricky trip for BYU a week after they visit Austin, Texas. Next up, we hear from you and your ideal Big 12 conference scenario with all of this realignment discussion. Are you adding Utah? <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Station. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our question of the day, what does the ideal Big 12 conference look like in 2024? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Jordan Royal on X, Twitter, or Twitter X. Just add Arizona. Let Utah go independent. (laughs) BYU can play Utah every year, but they have to be independent for 10 years before joining the Big 12. It's the rite of passage. In the Beehive State. (laughs) It's a 10-year wandering in independence before you can join the Big 12 as a Beehive State team. Well, it was 40 years for some people. Today's Rise of Shoutout presented by Mountain America. The official credit union of BYU Athletics goes to Taysom Hill and the Saints who hosted the Superfan Charlotte who's battling... Uh, Synovial sarcoma, huge smile on both their faces. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Taysom's good, dude. That's great. Wore my Taysom shirt today because of this. Love it. Our thanks to today's guests, Dion Smith and Neil Brown, the West Virginia head coach. Sorry to Dennis, no time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Steve Kafusi. We'll see you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation. Is Arizona going to be in the conference tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Go Cougs! Mm-hmm.